So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to uh, the Gospel of John, we're going to be looking at the first chapter. So there John and the other disciples stood up on the mountain gazing up into the clouds that Jesus had just ascended into. And as He's standing there, a flood of all the memories of, of times that He's spent of this last three years that, uh, that He had interacted with Jesus, that He had been following Jesus. Initially, he had been captured by the, the personality, uh, the, the, uh, the, the peace that Jesus had. There was just some unexplainable uh, presence there of being with Jesus. The, the, the assuredness that Jesus had, the, the peace that he had was just something that drew people to him uh, the way that he taught with such authority uh, the the ways that he that he uh, explained scripture in in uh, into an interpretation that that the jewish people had missed for so many years uh, they were uh, they were drawn to him and and people uh, were were impressed and and as john was there interacting with him uh, there was just some compelling thing that drew him to Jesus and and quickly they were becoming such close uh, dear friends but as time went on and the disciples began to see these powerful acts that Jesus was doing uh, these amazing miracles that were unexplainable uh, that they were there they saw with their own eyes uh, the multiplication of the bread and the fish that that were able to feed the multitudes uh, his ability to be able to calm the storm, to in a moment have the waves and the winds cease, uh, that, that he would have authority over the demons and be able to, uh, to stand against those that others had been unable to come and to, to have uh, authority over. The disciples, there was this, this fear that was welling up in them. The, the, the awesome power that Jesus had that got them to question, who is this? Uh, the things that He was doing, only God could do. And then there was that terrible weekend of the Passover. The, the ghastly torture that was inflicted on Jesus. John was there. He saw the whole process. He saw the blood. He saw the open wounds all over Jesus as the scourging went on. John was there and heard the cries of anguish as Jesus hung there on the cross. And then John saw Him breathe His final breath. The, the anguish that Jesus experienced 
was, was something that only a human. It was, it was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't some put-on thing. Jesus was, was suffering just as any human would in those conditions, in that setting. Uh, but then, on that glorious morning and the days that followed, uh, John saw with his own eyes that Jesus was alive. That somehow God had raised Him from the dead. And, and above all other things, this was the proof that Jesus was indeed God. Fully human, dealing with all of the same kinds of things that we as humanity deal with. Suffering in the same ways that we suffer and to uh, an incredible degree as He was there in His, uh, in His crucifixion and the torture that He went through. And yet at the same time, God. And as the disciples came down off of that mountain and they had seen Jesus rise up into heaven, they, I'm sure, would have been talking amongst themselves and, 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 and affirming that this was something that they had to tell the whole world. They had to let everyone know about this Jesus that had come, that God had come to dwell with humanity. That God came to, to reveal Himself to them and they wanted to go out and tell the world about their friend, their God, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost and they began to feel His empowerment and they began to then proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ uh, throughout the Jewish world. And, and people were responding. Others were, were being drawn. Thousands and thousands were being drawn to this message of hope, of redemption, of sins set free being redeemed and washed clean from the evil that, that lurks within all of our hearts. They were responding to this message that this man, Jesus, was at the same time God. And that He had come to rescue humanity from their sins. Everywhere they went, People were responding beyond just the confines of the, of the Palestine province, but into the whole of the Roman Empire. Uh, this message spread like wildfire. But just as quickly as that good news was spreading, so also was popping up lies about who Jesus was. Those that tried to undermine His character as somehow not fully human, not like one of us, but yet an apparition that He only appeared to be human so that we would recognize Him. Or others that would say that He wasn't really God. He was just a man, but God was directing Him and, and guiding Him in the things that He would say and what He would do. Uh, but He wasn't truly God. And, and these new Christians uh, that were spread throughout the Roman Empire were being bombarded by these false teachings, by these lies about who Jesus was. And so John, 
as one of the eyewitnesses, one of the, 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 the ambassadors of the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, he felt compelled and he realized the importance of writing down all that he had seen, all that he had experienced, so that everyone would be able to come to know Jesus as this fully human man, but at the same time, fully God. And so we have here before us those words that he wrote in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, but uh, that all might believe through him. He was not the light but He came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. John's gospel is here to help us understand who Jesus was. That Jesus was fully God. But at the same time, he was also fully human, just like us. And those are both essential parts of the nature of God in order for Christ to be, uh, to be effective in saving us from our sin, from the penalty of our sin and our rebellion against God. So in this passage, John is starting off in uh, this prologue that he has to his gospel. He is, he is establishing this nature of Christ as fully God and fully human. And he starts off by saying, in the beginning. We recognize that from Genesis chapter 1. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John starts his gospel in the beginning so that we recognize that Christ existed from the beginning of time. Just as God, who created all things, has existed throughout all of eternity. So in the beginning was the Word who was with God and who was God. He was with God from the beginning. And then we hear this, this even more significant um, uh, evidence that Christ is God. He says, all things were made through Him. Christ was the active force in creation. God the Father was the one who spoke the Word, who delegated the responsibility, but it was through Christ that creation actually happened. He was the one that was doing the work at the bidding of His Father. Through the empowerment of, His, of the Holy Spirit, all three parts of the Trinity were active in the moment of creation. And therefore, when Christ says things like that He is the Lord of the Sabbath, we know that that, that, that is a, an accurate claim because He is the one who worked the six days and then rested on the seventh thus establishing the Sabbath as a, uh, as, a, as a pattern, as a model for humanity to follow throughout the rest of our history. So Jesus is the Creator. Not only did He create all things, through Him all things were created, but all things were created for Him. And that helps us understand a little bit about our relationship with Christ. We were not created for ourselves. Our, our purpose, our meaning in life is not found within us, within our pleasures, within our desires, within our identity. The purpose of humanity, the purpose of each and every one of us is for Christ. And therefore, we are responsible to Him to find what His purposes and His plans are for us so that we can follow Him. That is why we were created. Verse 4 says that in Him, in the Word, was life. And the life was the light of men. It's a very interesting phrase. That, that life was the light of men. Uh, the light is a, uh, is, is a pretty common biblical image, right? We find that all through uh, the Old Testament, right from the very beginning. God said, let there be light. Before there was a sun, before there was a moon, before there were stars, there was light. Uh, we just finished that series looking at the, the first epistle of John. Uh, and light there, we saw, was a theme that came again and again that, that John was using, talking about light as truth, light as hope. Um, 
What does John mean, though, that in him was life and that life was the light of men? I think as we continue to to read on here, it, it becomes more and more clear that the light of men is the fact that we reflect the image of God. That is our hope. That is our meaning. And, and as Christ, being the firstborn, that it is actually the life of Christ that we best reflect. The image of Christ is the one who, in whom... Make sure I get this English proper. Uh, the one in whom we reflect. Uh, that wasn't right. Um, it is Christ's image that we are created in. God knowing that Christ would be incarnate, that He would come and dwell amongst us. He is the the visible image of the invisible God, and so we reflect His character. We reflect His image. Christ was the prototype by which we were then created. And so the light of man is the fact that we reflect the nature, the character of God. That is our hope. That is our purpose. That throughout all of eternity, we will be a beacon that will be pointing back to the Almighty God, the Creator of all that is. Verse 5, it says, That light shines in the darkness... And the darkness has not overcome it. In our fallenness, in our sinfulness, in our rebellion against God, that darkness that has clouded humanity, the image of God still remains within us. It's not as clear, it's not as focused as it once was. It is distorted and twisted by our sinful nature. That darkness has, has, has tried to drown it out, but it has not been able to eliminate the image of Christ, the image of God within each and every one of us. That continues to exist. So there was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness of the light that all, might th- that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. Jesus coming into the world was to establish once again what it was that we were supposed to look like. Jesus came as a model of what it meant to be in submission to God. When He walked here on the earth, we're going to see later on His testimony here in John is going to be that there was nothing that He did that wasn't directed by the Father, that He didn't see His Father doing. Jesus didn't come into the world to to, uh, uh, live out His own plans, His own will. He came to be surrendered to the will of the Father. Jesus also said in another place, uh, the words that the Son of Man speaks are not His own words, but He only speaks that which is directed by the Father, even how He says it. 
Jesus didn't even, didn't even determine for himself uh, the tone of how he was going to speak the words that he spoke. God directed every aspect, every minute part of Jesus' life. That's what we are called to live. That's what we were created for. Wasn't everything that we would have our eyes trained on God and watching Him so that we could live out the things that we see our Father do. To speak the things that we hear our Father speaking. So verse 9, He is the true light. The true light which enlightens everyone. That true light was coming into the world. That's, that is the wonder of Jesus' ministry, is that He came to set an example for us, to be that testimony, to show us how we were called to live. And then we drop down to 14. And the Word became flesh. And this is the part of the message of Jesus Christ that just does not make sense to us. You interact with with, uh, uh, people from other religions. And they, they, they listen to this, this saying that, that, that somehow the Almighty God became human. And it just, how would, would this perfect, uh, uh, perfectly righteous, perfectly powerful, perfectly wise being humble himself and take on the humiliation of humanity's weakness, f- f- fragileness? brokenness how is that possible and yet without it humanity has no hope the only way that Jesus could be our substitute to pay the penalty for our sin is if he was one of us There's no other way that He could represent us. In, in just His perfectly divine form, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be connected with humanity to be able to stand in our place. He needed to become human in order to be able to hang on that cross and take all of our sin upon Him. Fully God and fully human. Jesus became flesh so that we could know Him in all of His glory. We have seen His glory. Glory as if the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John saw the reality of the perfection of God made into humanity. That perfection is the hope of what we once, of what we one day will be. When we enter into the presence of Christ for all of eternity, 
And our sin nature is at once completely dealt with, gone, no more. And we step out into the rest of eternity to reflect the glory of Christ as we, as we stand in His presence, as we worship and praise Him. That's what Jesus revealed to us as He walked here on the earth. Because He died and rose again, we are the recipients of His grace. Verse 16, And from His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. It is only through uh, the coming of Christ as a man that grace is possible in our lives. Because of our humanity, because of our sinfulness, because of our weakness, we could never look at God. We could never behold the wonder of God. And yet, in Jesus, God the Father has been revealed to us. So that Jesus, when He was talking to His disciples, said, if you have seen Me, you have seen the Father. Verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the only God, who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. Part of Jesus' ministry. If His ministry was only about paying the penalty for our sin, He could have done that in three days. He could have died, was crucified, buried, and then risen again. But He spent three years so that He would be able to reveal the Father to us. He would be able to show us all that God is, that we would be able to hear Him, we would be able to touch Him, we would be able to see Him fully. Fully God, fully human. The tragedy is that even with this wonderful gift, this amazing amazing interaction that God... uh, invested himself entered himself into our midst into our existence we rejected him the 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 true light of who we were created to be as image bearers came and walked among us and his own people The Jewish people who had all of the Scriptures, all of the prophets, all of the things that pointed to the coming of the Messiah. They knew that He was on His way. Everything was there and still they turned their back on Him. The rest of humanity, with all that God has given us through creation, His fingerprints are in everything that we see in the things that He has made. His his, He has stamped within us eternity, a a desire for something more. And in all of those things, still humanity turned their back on Him. But some, some responded. Verse 12, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Those who believe that 
Jesus is the true prototype of all that we were meant to be. All that we will one day be when we enter into His presence. Who put their trust in what Christ has done for them on the cross. That He sacrificed Himself to pay the penalty for our sin. To all who believe all of that, they are again this amazing thing that God would do. That He would welcome us as His sons and daughters. That we who were the enemies of God would be welcomed into that divine community. Community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that has existed for all of eternity in perfect harmony, in perfect love. That His image bearers, we are thus welcomed into that love, into that harmony. It is a wonderful gift. And it's, and it's not a gift that we somehow earn. This is God's choice on our behalf. Verse 13. Those who were born were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That before the foundations of the earth, God had chosen us to respond to His good news. Have you come to that place in your life where you recognize that Jesus is fully God, fully human? That He was the, the all-powerful Creator, the sustainer of all things, that humbled Himself to come and take your place, to represent you on that penalty of death so that you could have life. There is no greater decision to make than responding to that good news of Jesus Christ. That you can now live your life reflecting His character into a world that desperately needs to know Him. The rest of the world that is still trapped in their darkness. That you could be a witness, a testimony, an ambassador of this good news into that world. And all that we would do that more and more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for that amazing gift of Jesus. Thank You that, that we can know that He is fully God and fully human just like us. Thank You for that sacrifice that He made on our behalf. Lord, I pray for each one here today that they would know for certain 
that they are your child because they have believed on your name. And then help us in this week, Lord, to be ambassadors of that light in this world. That our lives would reflect Your perfection. It would reflect Your love and Your grace. Uh, That we would have the courage to speak uh, the words uh, that tell of Your great love for all of us. And that through that, that the world would know that You are our King. Lord, we look forward to that day when we will stand in Your presence and with all of Your people proclaim with one voice, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain.